eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into Up in the Raptors, a podcast brought to you this basketball season by our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. Co-hosting this, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this year I'm joined by a national champion, the most outstanding player of the Final Four, and a Carolina basketball legend, the ACC Network's Joel Berry. Joel, UNC's win streak ends at 10 games, losing in Atlanta to Georgia Tech. Every time somebody talks about conference realignment and, and where Carolina plays out in, in moving maybe to the Big Ten or the SEC, I want Carolina to leave the ACC because I am sick of playing Georgia Tech. <laughs> Man, it has I, been, I, have no, I have no good memories of, of being in Atlanta. It's not. It, for some reason, man, they got our number. Football, football and basketball. I mean – we we couldn't we we can't catch a break with Georgia Tech. I don't know what it is about Atlanta. I mean, wasn't the football game in Chapel Hill? Uh, or was it in Atlanta? It, it's been in Chapel Hill. It's been in Atlanta. The pa- this this past year it was in Atlanta, but okay. we lost to them last year in Chapel Hill, and we lost to them the year before in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just never good. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's up with them. I don't. I don't know if it's something that we don't know of or, or, or what, but we had problems when I was there. So I, I don't know, man, but hats off to them for getting it done. I mean, you know, you, you, you got a chance to make a statement. So from, from that national championship year, I, I think if you had to pick the most shocking loss, it was, it was that ACC opener against Georgia tech. 
Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I think it was it was a shock to everyone. And then it was like in the it was in the middle of the season. We we just like I think we were on a win streak, just like how the team now is uh, or was. And we went in there, man. And it was just one of those games, man. It's just like in the midst of the season, you're on the road. Uh, you know, you're tired. And it's not, you know, it's not taking anything away from Georgia Tech. They still have to play the game, um, but it's just hard to, it's hard to win in the ACC. And it, every night you got to show up, no matter what. But man, Georgia Tech just seems to have our calling card. Man, something, something, something about Georgia Tech. <laughs> Georgia Tech wins by a final score of seventy-four to seventy-three. Carolina got the look they wanted to end the game. The, the refs kind of swallowed the whistle. Um, on R.J. Davis's drive to the basket, probably would have given Carolina the lead with with the way R.J. Davis shoots free throws. What were your biggest takeaways from this game, and what kind of stood out to you for for how Carolina lost this game? Yeah, it's one of those games where you know Georgia Tech um, they're one of the weird teams in the country because they have really big wins. Mississippi State they got a big win against Duke. They have a big win against Clemson, and now Carolina. Um, and it, they're, they're one of those teams, if you give them confidence early on and they hang around, then they'll be able to stick around and have a chance at the end of the game. And I think that was the case. Um, but when I looked at the game, man, it was just like, I feel like every 50, 50 ball, um, every offensive rebound, um, that was tipped or, um, deflected. I just feel like Georgia Tech was, they, they were getting all of them. Um, there were a couple of times I've seen Carolina played Cormac Ryan and uh, Armando run into each other. Um, it was just like a lot of uncharacteristic things that we didn't see throughout their 10-game win streak. Um, and I just think a lot of that has to do with mental and physical fatigue. Um, you start playing outside of yourself, you know, things that were going your way kind of, you know, you don't see that really happening. So I think that's, in a nutshell, that's what it was for me is uh just you know it, it just seems like they were tired and they were mentally exhausted um and it they just gave georgia tech confidence and georgia tech you know hats off to them they played a really good game they were making big shots stepped up in big moments and they hung around and gave themselves a chance at the end of the game you mentioned georgia tech getting the more of the 50 50 balls and, and beating carolina on the glass sometimes um in that game and i think one of the most evident times was the the start of the second half where the first like four or so minutes Georgia Tech had like six or seven offensive rebounds and at that point Armando Baycott gets taken out of the game early and it, it seemed like Hubert Davis was was very expressive when Jalen Washington comes into the game and and he does anything positive looking at Armando on the bench what did you kind of see there because I I, I this this couldn't have come at, at a worse time because we we were talking on Twitter saying like scoring doesn't equal effort for somebody like Armando Baycott, but then maybe he does have a, a game like this where where he falls back and in, into some of the patterns for for why Carolina wasn't as successful last year. Yeah, this is um just I, I think I, I said it in the past. Sometimes um, Carolina can you know tend to settle from the three-point line quite a bit. And I think that was a case in this uh, in this game. And um, 
Armando, man, they got they got to get him the ball. They have to feed him the ball. Whenever they see his see his North Carolina and they see his number five, just give it to him. Even if it doesn't seem like there's an advantage at that time, get it to him. Because he has the impact of being able to make plays up under the basket. Like in the first half, they went to a to him a couple of times and he scored probably about every time he got the ball or if he didn't score, he was, he was bringing double teams. And then from there you're playing at an advantage. Um, And so I think Carolina has to realize sometimes it's just about getting the ball in there. Even if it's not, even if Armando isn't wide open, they need to at least give them a touch, establish the paint. Uh, One time the ball went in and it wasn't even a good pass for Armando. He just happened to tip, he tipped it. The ball went in the paint, and they end up getting a good shot out of it. So sometimes just getting the ball down to him, letting him playing through him can give them a different look. Um, And I'm sure that was part of his frustration uh, the other night was that he wasn't getting the ball. I saw him one time in the middle of the paint. He was, like, jumping up and down, like, give me the ball, give me the ball. And uh, the the perimeter players just looked him off. So I think – I think they have to. That's something that needs to be discussed. And as far as getting him the ball, even if he doesn't have that advantage, and it doesn't look like he can score in that in, in that small glimpse of time. In their pre-Duke um, press conference, Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis were talking about when when they got back from Atlanta that they had a players-only type of meeting, talking about the Georgia Tech game and, and what they could have done better. What do you think that kind of says about the team? And and did you guys ever have any moments when you were in Chapel Hill, of like, hey, coaches, like, we don't need you here right now. Like, we're we're going to talk this out and we're going to figure out what we have to do. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because um, that's something that's you don't you don't want problems to continue to compound. You don't want any egos getting in the way, especially at this time. You know, it's it's one of those cases where success can kind of get in the way a little bit and people can start doing some unorthodox things that you haven't seen within their winning streak. Um, and sometimes those things need to be laid out on the table because they need to be said early and often um, before it turns into a big problem and it compounds throughout the rest of the season. And having those type of meetings are so beneficial and, and, and vital to being able to put that game behind them and getting on to the next game because you just don't want anything lingering and you want to be able to get everything out on the table and see what's going on. Um, Because I'm sure there were a lot of things that guys weren't doing before that they were doing in that game. And that stuff needs to be laid out on the table. Um, And I'm so happy to hear that they, that they do uh, that they did that because that is very, man, this is very essential. Um, to have that type of camaraderie, to have that type of straightforwardness with uh, with your teammates, because that goes that goes ahead and nips everything in the bud, and then we can move on because they got a big time game on Saturday. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's one of those cases where like coaching and, and game planning can only take you so far. Oh yeah, you you have to have that togetherness and, and that camaraderie that that you speak of in that locker room, and, and when you look at this team from a a basketball standpoint from the Florida state game and the Georgia tech game. So Carolina's two most recent games, you saw those two teams game plans. It's attack Elliot Cadeau, 
try to get him in foul trouble, try to get him off the court. He was, uh, Cadeau was plus 12 in 21 minutes against Georgia Tech, but Carolina loses the game by one after um, he fouls out. If you're Elliot Cadeau, how do you kind of change the way you play knowing how important you are to this Carolina team when you're on the court, but also knowing that offenses are going to just keep attacking me and keep going after me to try to get me out of the game? Yeah, it's one of those things, um, to your point, you have to realize how value valuable you are. And there are some plays that, you know, you just got to let it go. If if um, if you find yourself in a bind and you're already behind, don't try to make up for it and make a, a, a stupid play and, um, and, and cause a foul because later on, you know, that'll hurt the team. Um, and I think that was the case. Look, some of those fouls were uh, a little iffy. You know, I, I think I, I the hats off to, uh, you know, Nathan George, who was the one who really accumulated all of his fouls. Um, yeah. But hats off to him for being aggressive. But I just think for Elliot, you know, you got to pick your time and your place. Um, and you just got to be ready to take on that challenge. Uh, if you know teams are going to try to get you in a mismatch or get you in a switch. Take on the challenge. Be ready to um, be ready to 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 defend. But I think uh, more of it is just being in the right place at the right time, making sure that his teammates um, and himself, th- that they're communicating. That way you're just not playing from behind um, and you're being you, you're being more efficient in your defensive style. So, um, you know, some of those calls were iffy. I wouldn't I wouldn't see it as a a huge deal but um in that game it was a huge deal because i'm sure if he was on the court it would have made a huge difference yeah and speaking of if he calls carolina gets the the late game look that they want they they inbound it to armando baycott rj davis comes down uh attacks the basket the refs don't blow the foul they the way they were calling the foul i i get the people who are like oh you can't call a foul in that moment but if they were calling that foul the the entire game then you have to call the foul there and especially with some of the the ticky tack fouls Cadeau had uh what what's your experience with with some of the refs in the ACC because I, I'm pretty sure you had a, a pretty notable moment where you went to uh Teddy Valentine and and, and he, he turned his back on you so it's no surprise when I'm watching this game and I and I see Teddy Valentine I'm like ah oh, here we go that's when I first knew it was going to be a long night yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know why he keeps doing that, and why, why, why isn't like some of his peers saying something about that? Like, <laughs> the only thing that I have a problem with is okay. I, I'm sure I, I don't know. I haven't seen the beginning of the games in the warm up lines when the captains split off, go to half court, talk to the refs. I'm sure RJ is that guy. And so my thing is, in, in those huddles, they say, if there's anything that needs to be addressed, the captain needs to come speak to me, come speak to one of the refs. So if you go to the ref and the ref turns your their back, like they should be, they should be held accountable for that. Like us as players, we're, we're, we're supposed to be able to come to the ref. So they're supposed they're able to come to us and talk, but we can't go to them and, and and explain like what's going on. And so I don't know, I don't know what I guess Teddy just loves the TV so much that he just, you know, that's his little thing. They need to make a little uh fake Twitter or something and just keep showing him turning his back and hopefully that'll get the 
his peers to to pay attention. But I just think it's it's just really childish to be honest. But uh, besides, anyways, um, I digress on that. But I just think <laughs> it's one of those things you got to be consistent throughout the game. Um, I know it's a tough call. Um, I know it's a hard call to make in that moment because things are moving at a hundred miles per hour. But to your point, if that's the way that the, the game has been called, you have to call that foul. Um, and I think a lot of people think back to uh, just recently with Tyrese Proctor against Clemson. That was literally the same type of situation. Yeah. The defensive player makes a bump. You snap your head back. You know, it, it, it should have been called a foul. Um, I understand refs are human. Um, but you have to, like you said, the way that the game was called, I think Georgia Tech was in the in the bonus with seven minutes to go. So apparently they were calling those tic-tac fouls. Um, and I just feel like in that situation, you got a player going towards the basket um, and you got a big man that kind of initiates and bumps RJ off of his line. It should be a foul call. Yeah. And, and speaking of RJ Davis, he was the only player for UNC to finish in double-digit scoring. We've talked about at times where being on a team where you have multiple guys who could go for double-digit points, but we've also talked about at times Carolina's reliance on somebody like R.J. Davis, and you kind of saw the downfalls of that when players aren't having the best offensive night and you are relying on, on just one player to do most of your scoring. Where do you think this Carolina team does get into trouble when they do go through the these offensive struggles and, and these points in a game where offense outside of somebody like R.J. Davis is tough to come by? Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the, the challenging thing about having such a great player like R.J., but also having guys who around him can contribute. Um, R.J., as we know, has been playing lights out. Um, one of the top players in the country right now uh, is 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 on a heater um, and, and does a lot for this team. Um, you get in trouble when the shots aren't falling and the other guys have to step up, but maybe they haven't had enough shot enough shots or enough reps. Then you know they start pressing to score a basket or um, to make a play to be effective and. Sometimes that can, you know, it can be a little tough because you got to wipe off the dust and you got to be able to be the one to make the play. So I think that's the hardest part about relying. Um, and I wouldn't even say relying, but just feeding a guy when he's hot. RJ has been playing well. You want to continue to play through him. But you have to be able to get other guys involved. Um, and when other guys are involved, they have to knock down shots. Now, I think that Harrison Ingram, Cormac Ryan shot a lot of shots that should have maybe been been passed or have, you know, drive to the basket. Um, I think they kind of settled a little bit for three point shots when those shots could have been, um, you know, someone driving to the basket, getting a foul call, um, getting to the free throw line because they were shooting a lot of threes and those threes weren't hitting. So obviously that's me nitpicking. Um you know, sometimes it's just one of those games where guys aren't hot. Um, it's hard to find a basket, and you just got to kind of find a way to will it and, and to find a good shot. And I just think at times they settled for the easiest shot instead of continuing to work to get the best quality shot that they can get. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Yeah, a, a rough night offensively from the the transfer duo of Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram going 6 of 28 combined from the field, 21% from the field. That's tough. Yeah, and it's the, this next stat too is, is a stat that kind of furthers like it, it it was it felt like a miracle that Carolina was even in this game where <laughs> right. they're they're 9 for 17 on free throw attempts against Georgia Tech 52.9%. What what are some of those nights like when when you're trying to get a game to the finish line and you know you're you're shooting 30% from the field, you're shooting 50% from the free throw line. It's like, man, we have played probably our D plus game. And we're we're right in this right game, there. going into the last possession. What what are those moments like when when you are struggling on the court, but you could see the finish line for a game? It's 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 so hard because like you want to. It's like being in a truck, and I I, I don't drive um, a stick shift, but it's almost like being having a stick shift, and you're trying to get to that next gear, and you just something's throwing it off to where you can't you're pressing on the gas you're just trying to get it to switch and man it's just it's it's hard sometimes and like y'all they were right there um for them to lose by one point I mean they had so many it was one possession the ball they got an offensive rebound they shot it they missed it the ball went out of bounds they got it back again they shot it it went out of bounds again they got the ball back in and, and as a player and as a coach it's just one of those moments where like you just really just start going like this. You just start shaking your head. Cause it's like, what, 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 please, is there something that we can do? Um, because they got all, all the opportunities that you will, that you want and they just couldn't finish. Um, it's just one of those games. I know, I know we've had games that like that where coaches just like, look, I think they they understand the situation. Like we just want we want ten games in a row. I understand it's tough. This is a part of the season. Let's learn from our mistakes. Let's get better, but let's not over exaggerate. You know, over exaggerate what just happened. I think that's the best way to look at this situation and the best way to look at this game because it's hard to win. You got to play the games. You got to travel, and it's just one of those games where, like you said, you can see the finish line. But those legs just feel like they got cinder blocks on it and you just can't get them moving. And that was the case in this game. They just couldn't get that extra possession to be able to get it over that hump. And um, it was just one of those that just that type of game. <laughs> it's like it's like that 400 meter, that last 
that last 100 meters where, where all that lactic acid starts building up in your leg and the you're wobbling to the finish. <laughs> like, you're like, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's just tough, man. But it, it, it's part it's part of basketball. It's part of playing in the season. Um, and it's just part of the mental and physical fatigue that you feel sometimes. Um, and you just got to move on from it, learn from those mistakes. There are things they, they can learn from and just uh, and just keep trying to get that. Now it's let's get that next streak going. Yeah, and I, I think this kind of goes back to one of the points that we've talked about when Carolina has won this year on the road. Like I, it, it's easy to take winning for granted when your team is winning because you're like, oh, we're, we're supposed to win. We're a top 10 team. But I'm pretty sure in that Georgia Tech game, they mentioned the stat on the broadcast, like top 10 teams on the road. It, it's almost a, a 50-50 when, when they're going up against an unranked team. So Carolina, I think this Carolina team has built up enough grace with, with the fan base to be like, hey, it, it was a, a one-night thing. We had, our, we had our off game. And especially now they go into this Duke game, and, and this Duke game means so much. But – we're going to talk more about the Duke game, but first I have to remind everybody about our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. If you're going to be in Chapel Hill this week or this weekend for the Duke game, you could visit Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. And if not, you could go online to johnnytshirt.com. They are always running great sales. They have all the Carolina apparel you could possibly want, the jerseys, the T-shirts, the hats, you name it. They've got it. Great people, great customer service. It's Duke Carolina week. Me, me, and my friends at, at Carolina, we always, we always used to say you have to treat yourself during Duke UNC week. It's buy, buy something for yourself. Go out, make that big purchase. What better place to do it than Johnny T-shirt? So you could get the Carolina gear that you need in your life. And don't forget, Inside Carolina premium subscribers save ten percent off their orders. All right, Joel, for for the fans that haven't really watched this Duke team this year. If they're more of the the casual, I'm only watching Carolina, and, and when Duke comes to town, I'm going to watch Duke play. How does Carolina match up with this Duke team? Yeah, Carolina, uh, they match up They match up well. Um, I think looking on paper, they have a little bit more depth than, than, uh, than Duke does. Um, Duke is probably playing about five, six – you know, maybe seven at times, but they have a very short rotation. So I think that can be an advantage for Carolina being able to get some fresh bodies in there um, and, and bang. Um, in particular, I'm, I'm just thinking about Kyle Filipowski and being able to bring, you know, have Armando, have Jalen Washington come in there and really give them that duo um, in a different look. But um, Duke is a good team, man. They, they, they shoot it well from the outside. They're starting to shoot it a little bit better. Um, here as of late, um, Tyrese Proctor has been playing really well for them. Um, he's playing at the caliber that everyone thought that and expected for him, um, expected him to play at here in the last couple of games, averaging 16 and a half points um, and, and being that playmaker and then knocking down big time shots. But I think uh, I think Carolina as a whole does match up well with the pieces that Duke has. What would you say are some of the areas that Carolina could take advantage of this Duke team and and where they where when you're looking at these two teams on paper where does this Carolina team you're like oh that's that's how Carolina is going to win this game yeah I was watching Duke against Virginia Tech and uh, Duke does a great job of running you off of the three-point line they're one of those teams that will allow you to 
play in the mid range and kind of play towards going to basket. Um, we we all know three pointers hurt, um, and so they do a really good job of running you offline. And I think um, uh, Sean Padula for Virginia Tech got to the basket a couple of times on Duke and had uh, very easy uh, layups at the rim. Um, and I think that's an area that Carolina, with their with their athleticism, can take advantage. Um, Kyle Filipowski does a lot for this Duke team. Um, and I think it can be a disadvantage for them because defensively he's not a shot blocker um, and does quite a bit. So I think that if you can really, really uh, attack his legs, attack his um, his energy and be able to get to the basket, put pressure on him, that'll make him a little bit more ineffective on the offensive end. But they they just do a good job of opening up the lane, allowing you to drive to the basket. So if there's any advantage or uh, one particular thing that I say that Carolina can expose or take a look at and really try to hone in and put emphasis on is getting to the basket and really attacking them and making them become shot blockers. If you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast on Inside Carolina, the Carolina fan is locked in on Carolina basketball the the entire season. Uh, but the, the casual college basketball fan, their their season kind of starts around conference tournament week, March Madness week. But there are a few games in the college basketball season that kind of transcend into, into the national spotlight. And it, it really doesn't get any bigger than Duke, North Carolina. When you look at this Carolina team, you have Elliot Cadeau playing in his first Duke UNC game. You have the transfers, uh, Jalen Withers, Harrison Ingram, Cormac Ryan playing in their first Duke UNC game. What were the emotions like the first time that you took the court in a Duke Carolina game? <laughs> All I could do is laugh because I was, man, I was so nervous and scared, man. I was just a little, I was a little baby walking in there. Uh, and, you know, I was a five star recruit and it was, you know, we played in some big arenas, but I just think like I'm from Florida, so I really didn't know what the rivalry meant. Um, and so I walked in the gym, man, and like as soon as I, I I got dressed, went out there to shoot, and like all of a sudden I just like naturally my eyes just started like I feel like I was like this the whole time during the game. Um, it's just it's it's different, man. The intensity is there. Um, just like the way that the way that you feel like you know what's at stake like every you, you try to prepare like every you try to prepare and treat every game the same but coaches know players know um even the players the guys that haven't been in the the rivalry you hear about this like this isn't something that's just north carolina based like this is when you look at sports rivalries like this is one of the, the biggest rivalries amongst all the sports so you know what's at stake. You know what it means. And you want to take pride in that. And, man, I walked in there and I was I, I was super nervous. My heart was racing. I was sweating in places I didn't even know I could sweat. And <laughs> you can't do anything about it. You just got to prepare and, and try to try to be as uh, as calm minded as you can. But you know what's at stake. And, it, and it's tough to. It's tough to be to be sound in those moments. Is there like you have coaches for this Carolina team that have played in this matchup? You have players like R.J. Davis and, and Armando Baycott who are well versed in in what this rivalry means. 
is there anything that like people could say to you that kind of helps it? Or is it something like you just have to go out and experience for yourself and be able to figure out how to, how to keep your own emotions in check? Yeah. It's something that you got to experience for yourself. I think, um, you know, it's just like, it's the difference between like, you know, playing a casual pickup game. Um, not saying that their season is a casual pickup game, but I'm, I'm referring to like the intensity of it. Like, you know, you're, when you're, casual you can relax you're playing the way that you want to play but it's like as soon as someone throw like throw some money on it or you get that one guy that comes out there in the michael jordan and he's trying to you know play defense and now all of a sudden you got something to prove so the intensity is there i think that's the that's the closest thing that i can describe is just like you know when you have when you're tense you know things feel a little bit different um, it's not as easy to be able to relax. It's almost like when you sent that text message to Coach Williams, you know, you all of a sudden start tensing up and like everything you just your your head is all over the place and you just, you know, it, it's hard to be calm. <laughs> I so, couldn't focus on anything for a month. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. So that's the type of feeling like just having just being tense, man, and then trying to relax in that moment. Um, it, it, it's hard. Before we wrap up, a big shout out to our friends at Congruity. Congruity is a North Carolina-based national coverage local presence company with personal support straight from the Tar Heel State. Congruity is empowering small and mid-sized business owners with HR and payroll outsourcing, enabling you to grow your business while they take care of your greatest assets, your people. And they are doing it with top-of-the-line technology and services for every stage of your business's growth with a state-of-the-art online platform. Congruity, they are obsessed with customer service where they become part of your team. They do the heavy lifting, providing essential admin support with a single point of contact and support available on demand with services that are tailor-made for you, transforming your organization. Congruity has helped hundreds of businesses improve and enhance their day-to-day lives, level up your HR capabilities, save money, unlock game-changing growth. Visit congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels to learn all about Congruity. Fill a quick form to be connected to their consultants, and they'll give Inside Carolina listeners or viewers a payroll and HR assessment for free. That's congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels, congruityhr.com, backslash Tar Heels. All right, back to the episode. And this this is a, a big game every year, no matter the team's records. Uh, both teams have had kind of up and down years the, the past couple of years. But you look at this game, number seven, Duke, at number three, North Carolina. What do you think it does for the game and the stakes in this game that, that both of these teams – are top 10 and it's more like the you know those early 2000s or the late 2000s where where these were the two the 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 class of college basketball yeah i think like the the last couple of years what i remember is like how people were just like more emphasis was on how these teams have been struggling um and i don't know it might it might feel different but i just feel for you, but for me, I feel like it was more emphasis was on the teams kind of not being the same more than like both teams are talented. Like this is what this is the rivalry it always delivers. Um, I just feel like that that was the emphasis 
the last couple of years. So I, now this year coming in, I think it really has that hype. Like both teams are playing well, even though Carolina just, you know, coming off of that loss. But both teams are in the top 10. Um, I feel like now it's focused on the rivalry itself instead of focusing on how these teams like this is a win they need to have because they're in jeopardy of not making the tournament. Um, and I know that wasn't the case for Duke, but like last year, Carolina needed the wins because they were they were uh, they were struggling quite a bit. So I think I, what I like about it is now the focus is on wh- how great this rivalry historically has been, and not just focusing on the teams struggling. What are your favorite memories from from the Duke UNC um, series from from your playing days? So my first one that I love because I love my teammates is Marcus Page and Joel James were on the verge of leaving. Uh, they were on the verge of leaving college basketball at North Carolina without any type of hardware. Think about that. And they were they were they were heartbroken and. We wanted to be able to do something for them and and be able to get them to um get them some hardware. So we were over at Duke and we solidified that win. Um we were able to get a ring because we closed out and won the regular season title. Um and then I, we went on and won the ACC tournament. So they would have got a ring, but at that time we didn't know. Um and then that was my first time really seeing Franklin Street, like rushing Franklin Street, driving the bus through Franklin Street, seeing it packed. So that was pretty cool. My ne- my last one or my other one was 2018 beating Duke in uh, Chapel Hill. Didn't know how we won that game, but we won it because we had Theo Pinson at the five, which him guarding Marvin Bagley. I wish I could see like still photos of his face trying to guard Marvin, Marvin Bagley. But we ended up winning that game and my boys solidified it with the dunk. That was the hypest. Uh, environment and um i'm glad the students got a chance to rush franklin street was the win at duke um before you guys went on to win the acc championship was was that the the birth of that strongman gift the oh yeah yeah it was (laughs) it was that's the video i'm gonna have to post that video but yes that's when that's when the strong i think that was that's like when the strong man became like viral that's when that's when it that's when it took off man and then that's when people started calling me Hulk. So I, <laughs> man, I appreciate the fans, man. They, I, I, I love how they always keep that video going. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like Elliot Cadeau when, uh, he he recently took off the um the sleeve the jersey. Sleeve. Yeah. Hey, if I'm in if I'm in the weight room Monday through Friday, you I'm not wearing sleeves. I'm not yeah. wearing sleeves. Were you out there in Miami? I know you trying to. You trying to bulk up? You a little, there. yeah. <laughs> Summer's not going to catch me off guard this year. Right, right. <laughs> but Carolina back in action this Saturday. I don't have to remind people. They're going to be watching this game. It's Duke, North Carolina. Carolina 9-0 and at the Dean Dome this year. We'll be back next week to break it all down. Joel, appreciate the time as always, and appreciate everybody watching and listening. Yes, sir. Go Heels, baby. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.